Once again, it is time for the Modern Heathen Man with your host, Joe Marrero. I want to thank you all for joining me today. I want to tell you to grab yourself a horn, grab yourself a cup, grab yourself some mead, grab yourself some cider, just some old-fashioned coffee or some tea, and join me as we start Modern Heathen Man. I want to hail you for taking the time to listen to this and hail you for wanting to make yourself better. So sit back, relax, cuddle up, and join us for Modern Heathen Man. Thank you. Hey everyone, Joe here from Modern Heathen Man. I want to welcome you today. Welcome you to our show. Today we're going to be talking about how I got into heathenry, how long have I been in heathenry, uh, and things of that nature. One of the biggest questions I usually get from people is how long have you been a heathen? How long have you been practicing? How long have you been doing the things you were doing? And I want to address a little bit of that, and I want to talk a little bit about my path to heathenry and how I became a heathen um, per se, and I've told a couple of different um, stories on here about me becoming heathen. I shouldn't say different stories, a couple of stories of me becoming a heathen, and I mean, they, they all collate to each other, so there's nothing different in any of them, so I'm just going to go over those um, a little bit and just go over my idea of my path and where I fit in the whole thing, and I just wanted to talk to you guys about that today, so come along and join me as I talk about this. And we'll get into it right away. So, I was brought up um, when I was a young child as a Jehovah Witness. My dad was very much Jehovah Witness. Uh, my mom just went along with what he did. I don't say my mom was anything per se. She was more of a follower rather than a, a leader in that sense. Um, she really didn't have much stock in religion, if you if you know what I mean. So she wasn't that type of a person. Um, I, didn't, I don't think I've ever seen my mom pray or anything like that. And I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. But my dad, on the other hand, was very religious. My dad was a very religious person. He got in the Jehovah Witness faith and really um, took off with it. But one of the things was he believed that you have to give 100% to whatever you believe in or you really don't believe in. So I actually agree with that thought. I agree with that concept that... If you're in something and you can't give 100%, are you truly into it? So, with that said, so my life started out as a Jehovah Witness. Well, mom and dad um, decided to split up when I was about the age of 14. Um, so, we went our separate ways. And, of course, uh, mom did not continue going to the Jehovah Witness church. She just didn't go anywhere. Um, so we were kind of left to ourselves. We were left to our own devices, me and my, my brother and sister. And, um, we decided to, you know, do our own thing for a while. So I did my own thing for a little bit. And I, somebody came along one day and invited me to a church. It was an evangelical church. Um, I had some friends that went there from high school and I, I really liked it. We had a nice youth group and they really, I don't want to say nurtured me along, but they really did nurture me along when it came to religion. Um, I enjoyed it there for quite a bit. Uh, we changed pastors twice while I was a young man. I uh, ended up going to college. I felt the call to ministry and decided that I'd go to college and become a minister and did all that. And 
in the midst of me going to college, the reverend that was there decided that he was leaving and we got a new reverend and um, I stayed with that church for a while. And then the dynamic kind of changed. And I, I don't want to say it was anything particular against them because it wasn't. It was just the dynamic. I was at a different place in my life and um, starting to date more frequently. And it just didn't fit into my schedule church at that time. So while I was away at college, I had the opportunity to um, attend an Episcopal service or two or three or nine, and I enjoyed them quite a bit. So I took it upon myself to join the Episcopal church, and I joined the cathedral in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. It was a beautiful, beautiful church. I I just like the pomp and circumstance. I like the whole dogma and the, the style of service that they had, very specific, very uniform. And it was really cool. And you could join in because they had the book of common prayer where you became part of the service and such. And I really enjoyed that. So I did that for quite a few years. Um, you know, in between there, I became a reverend. I did the stuff I needed to do. Didn't like that so much and left that just became a regular schmo, um, sitting in a pew. Um, once I became Episcopalian, um, I had a wife, her and I, really didn't do too much church in all honesty. We did church now and then, but not so much that it was um, too churchy, if you know what I mean. I kind of still did my own thing. And the reason that was, was I was consistently looking for something. I, I don't know what I was looking for, but in the places I was, it didn't have the peace I was looking for. And I don't mean that weird. I'm just saying there was a piece missing from all of it that just didn't drive me to be there consistently. Um, I wasn't giving, like I said, my dad taught me that 100%. So I wasn't really into it. So that 100% wasn't there. So I really wasn't there myself. Um, my wife and I, we moved to a place called Jewett City, Connecticut. This is my first wife, obviously. And um, while we were there... We got approached by these two young gentlemen dressed in ties and white shirts, and they began telling me about the Mormon church. Um, I didn't like it. I, I went to the church. I didn't like it. I still felt like there was something missing. I still felt like um, it wasn't there. And to be honest with you, I maybe put about 5% into it when I went there because I wasn't looking to do that to begin with. Um, they continued to come, and they continued to talk to us for the years that we lived in Connecticut. Um, and then my wife and I uh, moved back to Pennsylvania from Connecticut back to Allentown. Um, while we were in Allentown, we just kind of meandered away from church again and did our own thing for a few years. Me and my wife ended up splitting up. And when we did, I, I went back to the church. I, I found time then to go back to the church and do the things I wanted to do. Um, it's a great place to meet people. It's a great place to get you know over yourself and so on and so forth and any downfalls you might have or anything like that was a great place to do that. So I did that. But again, it was still missing something. Um, I found another, another girlfriend who we became actually um, fiancés and her and I went to church quite a bit. Actually, we went to the Episcopalian church. We tried to go every Sunday and we did the, the normal church thing. And again, I still wasn't feeling the full gambit of it. And basically her and I ended up going different ways when we were fiancés and, we just found like our our roads were not aligned, if you will, and no hard feelings to her. Just our roads were not aligned, and we just decided not to continue on. Um, and then again, I fell away from the church, and I was just like, "There's something missing there that I just I can't find." And for years, I was away from the church. And then I met my current wife um, as a girlfriend, 
and we talked and stuff. And there was one day back in like 2000, I want to say 2006, 2006 or seven, where again, we were approached by the Mormons and we started going there and we liked it and we just kind of fell into it. And I thought maybe it was just me that was missing something. I just didn't get it. And it was just me. It was me, myself. It was something I was missing, something I didn't understand, something I wasn't getting. And I felt like the missing portion was me, period. Um, being a, a religious scholar, I knew a lot about the Bible. And I thought sometimes I was kind of, I don't know what you're going to say. I was kind of, I don't want to say vindictive, but you know what I mean? I, I like saw this stuff and like, this could be said, that could be said, this could be done, that could be done. And there's just these missing pieces that I didn't see. I was very judgmental. And I don't want to say judgmental because I wasn't like judgy, like, oh, you're all going to go to hell kind of judgy, but judging in the sense that I was like, this isn't for me. So with that said, um, I just figured it was myself and I just continued to go to it. And we did that for quite a few years. And then somewhere around 2008 or 2009, um, I was involved in downtown Bethlehem stuff. I was a ghost hunter and did some other stuff there. It was really fun to do that. Um, paranormal investigator, whatever you want to call it. Um, I started the group, and it was a really, really thriving group. It was really good. I mean, we had a lot of people involved in it. It meant something when we came to view your place. And someday I'll get into all that, but we were very scientific in what we did. So. I got hooked up with a lady who opened up a place there called Ostara. And it was a, I want to say a witch's shop. I don't know what you want to call it, but basically a witch's shop or a shop for witches, Wiccans and all things, you know, pagan, whatever you want to call it. Um, but she offered a class in 2008. I want to say 2008 or 2009 where um, she brought somebody in talking about a Satru. And I, she invited me to it, and it was like $35. She said, don't worry about paying. Just come on if you want to see it. I was like, okay. So I came, and I met them. And one of the big kickers was mead. I, I make mead, so she wanted a, an aspect of mead there, and a guy who knew about mead to talk to the guy about mead. So that's why I got to go for free. So I went, and I heard it for the first time. And to me, it had all the pieces that were missing. It had... Remembering the ancestors, which was part of the Mormon tradition, um, remembering your ancestors, but not honoring them so much. I mean, the Mormons had it, but they didn't honor them. So they had that piece that was missing. And I was like, "Ooh, that's good. I like that. So we get to honor them. The building up of each other rather than the tearing down of each other. And again, Mormons had that. And the other churches try to have that, but it's more of a tear down to make you repent and everything else. But you don't do that in heathen where you build each other up, you hail each other, you talk in symbols about um, boasts and oaths that you make to one another and to your kindred. The family feel was there that I really liked that I was missing from most of the churches. A lot of churches talk about being family, but really are they family? I mean, they have their own little cliques and stuff and they stay away from some people and other people and this and that and the other thing. So it was great that, the whole idea of a kindred and being your kin and, and you interact with another with one another was great to me. And at that time I thought I found what I was looking for and I was like, this is great. So in getting into it, went the stigma of because I was a Christian for so many years, the idea of being a heathen um, wasn't appealing. So when I come back, I'll talk a little bit about that and just listen to these um, promos I have. Uh, a friend of mine started a bath bomb company. Her name is Red's Bath Bombs. She's on Facebook. You'll like this uh, 
thing here, and it's a promo for her. So check them out if you get a chance, and I'll be right back. Everyone, Joe here with Modern Heathen Man. I want to tell you guys about something really cool. I wanted to buy my wife something really nice. And one of the things I wanted to do was buy directly from a heathen shop or a heathen artisan. So I wanted to buy her something that she could use, that she would enjoy, something that she could relax with and really get into. And I found this great place called Red's Nightmare Bath Bombs. They're on Facebook under Red's Nightmare Bath Bombs. And they have a wonderful assortment of different bath bombs and different shapes and colors, from stars to hearts to ghosts to even little skeletons that my wife really likes. One of the best things they have is a bunch of different smells. They have a lemon or a lemonade, rose, sandalwood, lavender, peppermint, sweet orange, creamy nutmeg, coconut, green apple, Belize, which is they call dark beach, which is really good, blackberry amber, sweet honeysuckle, pineapple, and many, many more, not to mention an assortment of colors. So if you'd like to get some bath bombs, go ahead and check them out at Red's Nightmare Bath Bombs, or you can actually go ahead and email her at redsnightmare29 at gmail.com, R-E-D-S-N-I-G-H-T-M-A-R-E 29 at gmail.com. So go ahead and check them out. Thanks, guys, and have a great day. Hey, what I'm back, and thank you for joining me once again. I, I appreciate the time you take to listen to what I have to say. So as I was saying, I really didn't want that stigma that went along with being a heathen because I was in that Christian realm for so long. The idea of a heathen being an unclean person, or this and that, or the other thing. You get what I'm saying. Most people know if they've been in the Christian world what I'm talking about. And it's not against Christians. It's just the, you know, It's just the idea of how they look at things differently than we do. Um, with that said, I found those pieces that were missing. All those pieces were put together. So then my question was, do I leave the Mormon church? Do I become this immediately? Or do I begin studying this to make sure it's what I want? So in 2008 began my studying of being heathen. Um, I read all the books I could. I mean, I had, um, taking up the runes. I had the central Satru. I had, um, the runes by um, Diane Paschal, I had, you know, the rites of Odin, the prose Edda, the poetic Edda, um, anything I get my hands on that was heathen-based or Satra-based, I did. And then I began to see that not all of Satra were the same, that there was a bad portion of it or a different portion of it, a portion that I believe that it was only for certain people and you know, and, and again, I took that in stride. I thought, well, you know, those people believe the way they want to believe, just like anybody else, just Catholic. There's, you know, Protestant, there's Episcopalian, there's, you know, Pentecostal. Everybody has their own little belief system and everybody else is wrong. Um, and they're right because they have every reason why they're right. So it's the same thing in Asatru. And I saw that. But needless to say, all the missing pieces were there. And the benefit was that I could begin a, a kindred or become part of a kindred that believe the same way I did, and that like-minded group of people 
could then begin to worship the way that they choose to worship. I learned that there was no really wrong way to worship and that, you know, some of the stuff you do is pretty much basic and things of that nature. Then I had to learn how to do the, the ceremonies and the rituals and all that other stuff. And I became a lone practicing heathen, which when I first learned about heathenry, I learned that most people are lone practicing heathens. So it was just me and my family that practiced. And I practiced for years. Um, and then in 2011, my family decided to move to Utah um, to get close to the Mormon church. Now, I, the nice part was I was able to remain a Mormon while still being heathen and doing the things I wanted to do to make sure it was the right thing for me. I hadn't fully taken that step across the threshold to fully become heathen at that point, but I was still studying. And when I got to Utah, believe it or not, there was a huge heathen community there. Um, they had stores. They had people to, to talk to. So I began flowing away from the Mormon church and more into the heathen church and doing things with them, learning more and more about being heathen and consistently doing the heathen things. I began to learn how to do um, all the rituals and stuff from other people. Um, on my way to Utah, I actually bought my first hammer at an old um, windmill from, I don't remember where it's from, but it's in, in Iowa, actually. In the middle of nowhere, there's this windmill in Iowa. You can look it up. It's really cool. But I bought my first uh, hammer there. Um, then in, in Utah, I learned about Viking weave and some other stuff. And I, I really began to flourish um, as a heathen and as in a Satru. Um, even to the point that I was teaching mead classes to people, how to make mead, and so on and so forth. So I, I really began to flourish with that. And this is where my step toward becoming a Gozi uh, became more and more set. Um, my family and I then moved from, we were in Utah for five years. So for that five years, I was a practicing heathen at home. I had my horn, I had the mead, I had the hammers, I had all the stuff I needed in my altar, and I created my altar and really, really delved into the gods and found them to be very enlightening, not to mention the ancestors, which ironically, because I was in Utah, was really easy for me to get in touch with my ancestors because the Mormons, as you know, have the big uh, repository of family history stuff and things related to family history, and they're really big on um, finding who your relatives are and what they've done and building uh, family trees. So I was able to truly connect with my relatives, my ancestors, and really learn who they were and begin to truly venerate them. So in a way, it was a blessing to be there, um, not being surrounded by so many Mormons and looked upon as different, but in the sense that I was able to truly begin to venerate the ancestors and learn of them. With that said, my family decided then at one point that we were going to move to Florida to be closer to real family. So we did that because we had no family in Utah. We were just there alone. So we did that. And while in Florida, I became more and more and more heathen, learning so much more, learning how to be a Gothi, um, taking little courses here and there on um, training of heathenry and really delving into the books and spending time to read and learn and grow as a heathen. Um, so that time was really great for me. And then we moved to 
Alabama after two years in Florida. And once I got to Alabama, I said to my wife, I think it's time to actually start a kindred. Let's really begin a group of people that want to do heathenry and start surrounding ourselves with heathenry and really jump in feet first right into the big mix. So we did that. Um, when I come back, I'll talk to you a little bit about that, tell you how that went. And I thank you for joining me and give me a few moments. I'm going to put on um, Odin's Beard Woodworking, a promo for them. The show makes beautiful wood, small little altars you can take with you where you can venerate anywhere you want. So make sure to check him out if you get a chance. Great heathen business. Thank you so much. And I'll be right back. Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. How are you guys tonight? I hope I'm meeting you well. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys, while I'm out traveling, it's not always feasible to carry my whole big altar box with me. So sometimes I like a little something in my pocket. And I found a great place to get that from. That's Odin's Beard Woodworking. Great little place out there. It makes small little pocket altars for you with candles and um, gods and everything in them, little sayings and such wonderful work that this man does carves everything by hand he has a couple things going on here he has little pocket altars that i'm talking about for 25 dollars. he has small d poles of five to six inches for 40 dollars seven to eight inches for 45 nine to ten for 50 and 11 12 for 60. he has 26 different deities to choose from and more coming every day your choices right now are odin thor Tyr, loki Freyr. Balder, Braggy, Hamdal, Njord, Fenrir, Ullr, Vidar, Hermod, Hel, Freya, Ostri, Skadi, Sif, Er, Frigg, Var, Thrud, Idun, Sigun, Ran, and Yord. That's a lot of different gods to choose from. So you can meet anybody's needs. Tell them what you want. You can go ahead and find him at www.odin's beardwoodworking.com he also has a Facebook page and I know he does some stuff live every once in a while that you can actually watch him carve those things anyway give him a good uh, look-see there and see if he has something that you can use I guarantee his little pocket altars will come in handy for you so anyway thanks guys have a great night bye bye Hey, welcome back. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to listen. So I dive right into it. I began a kindred here in Alabama, and I started to look for some like-minded people. And the way I did that was I began to get on Facebook and see if there's any meetings anywhere of people that were getting together for heathenry or pagan meetups or anything like that. And I found one, a small group of people said, you know, they were really in the heathenry, but this was the only thing they had right there. So we began our kindred and our kindred is going for three almost four years now and it's grown quite big and we're one of the only kindreds in um, alabama i own actually two kindreds i shouldn't say i own them we have two kindreds um one kindred is um 
for the whole state of Alabama and the other ones in a specific portion of Alabama, the southern part of Alabama. Um, most of the meetings are held in the south of Alabama because that's where I am. I do try to do some traveling here and there, and I've gotten a chance to do some weddings um, in a couple different places, which has really been nice. We've traveled as far as Jacksonville, Florida, um, from the middle of Alabama to do those weddings. So five hours is about my limit that I'll travel to do those. But with that said, <clears throat> how did I get to where I am? So one of the things I did was I joined an online group for heathenry and I took their test to become a Gothi, but I already was a Gothi. And that's the thing that, you know, made the test so easy is that I take, took the time to learn the religion, took the time to really study the religion and understand what was required of me within that religion in the sense that, um, how do I become a better heathen? How do I become the best heathen that I can while still retaining myself and still retaining the things that, you know, are me without totally losing myself? And that's the best part about heathenry is that when you do heathenry, you actually find yourself. You begin to look for your ancestors. You begin to learn about them. And that tells you who you are. You go back to the original gods that we worshipped and that they worshipped and you begin to understand the things that they went through in their life and the, the situations they were in. And as much as it sounds weird or kitschy, you know, they do visit you and give you information and give you the things you need. Um, here recently I said to somebody, I'm going to start, I'm going to get off of Facebook for a couple weeks. And what I want to do is I want to focus on my kindred, the gods and my ancestors I want to get back to that basic of um, enjoying the path. I want to fix my altar outside, make sure it's really up and and um, up to par and ready for all the offerings I'm going to give. I want to make offerings each and every day for the next um, few weeks and make sure that I'm doing the things that I need to do to venerate the gods. All too often we get caught up in our daily life and we forget what we have to do in our spiritual life or in our path work. And especially for heathens, it's really easy because we, we look at things and we look at them in a way where, oh, we have to have a bloat and it has to be this great thing or we have to have a sumble and it has to be this great thing. And that's not the case. We can do small ones. We do mini ones and just still venerate the gods and sacrifice to them. Um, something as simple as making some extra oatmeal in the morning when you're making your oatmeal or, you know, a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and put it on the altar and say, you know, that one's for so-and-so, you know, today's Thor's day. Let's give Thor some coffee. Maybe he needs to wake up too. Um, but those small things, you know, will go a long way in your walk. And I've lost sight of those becoming so busy in actual life. Um, you know, I got the kids, I got the wife, I got the business I'm trying to run right now. I got the podcast I'm doing. I have the Gothi work I'm doing with the kindred. I'm trying to, you know, build it up and do some other stuff. And then I got the car and everything else. And you name it, anything else can take the place of it immediately. But I need to get back to that focus. I, I need to get back to meditating. I need to get back to taking the time to listen to the gods and listen to the ancestors. And we can all learn something from that. So as I continue, so I joined an online group, and that online group was great because it put me in touch with a bunch of people all over the country, and I still have some really good friends from that. And 
um, or acquaintances, whatever you want to call them, some people that really do care, some people that I'm able to talk heathenry with at a level that's a little different than most people. Um, and I'm able to talk about being a goathy with them. Um, it's a different level when you're a goathy. It's, it's so strange and it's really hard to explain, but you're not getting stuff just for yourself anymore. You're getting stuff from everybody else, whether they're part of your life or not. And you need to be able to sort through that and really begin to put that into perspective as to um, what you're going to do with it and how that information is going to be disseminated to them without offending them most of the time. Um, and it just takes a little bit to understand what goes on as a goathe as opposed to just being a regular heathen. Um, same thing with my vulvas and the, uh, the people in the kindred that are, you know, doing the jobs of the kindred. Um, the Tritons and, you know, whatever else jobs there are, those people all have different ways of receiving information. So keeping that in line and keeping that, that well to do. And again, a lot of times people think that being a goatee is like being a reverend. It's not, it's totally different. You just help guide the people the way they're supposed to go, but it's not my job to tell you what you're supposed to do. It's your job to figure it out. And it's your job to seek out the gods and seek out the ancestors and get your answers yourself. Um, a lot of times I get, you know, oh, I had this dream, and what do you think it means? Or what does it mean if two ravens are, you know, doing this over my head? And, you know, I'd say to them, what, what do you think it means? Well, what do you think? What, what was your thoughts at that time? And a lot of people don't want to hear that because it makes them part of it then. But I think a lot of times it's the fear of the reality of it being real that drives people away in the sense that, if Thor Odin would talk to you, or even Freya or Frank or, you know, Frigga, how would that make you feel? I mean, to me, when I get talked by them, I'm, I'm enlightened. I sit and listen, even if they're yelling at me because I've done something wrong, I sit and I listen because that's what I need to hear. Some people, it's very frightening, though. Some people, it's very scary in the sense that now this thing they thought they were doing is now abundantly real. And it's scary. The reality of it's coming. And now they know they have to do other stuff. And that's not what they want to do. So they run from it. And I understand that. I get that. Um, so the online group that I joined was very good. Um, if you get a chance, there's a couple online groups that you can join. Um, they are very good. Um, they all have their place. And they all do their thing. And everything has its bad things along with its good things. So just uh, take it in stride and do what you need to do. And, Remember who you are, remember what you are, remember what you want to become, and keep pushing for that consistently, and that's what you'll do. Um, when I come back, I'm going to talk a little bit more. Um, I have a promo now for a guy named Beast um, Curiosities. Great, great, great products. I use their beard oil quite a bit. Um, I really like it. I really enjoy it. It smells incredible. They have some other stuff on there. Um, check them out if you get a chance. And again, all these are heathen businesses. So I'll put his promo on and I hope you enjoy it. I'll be right back. Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. I was looking for some new stuff for my beard, and I was looking around, and I wanted something my wife would like as well. I was looking for a good product that didn't leave my beard feeling greasy, 
that nourished it and kept it moist and had a good scent to it as well. Um, so in discussing with my wife, we tried a few different things, and I found this wonderful heathen place called Beast Curiosities. Now, they don't just offer beard oil. They have quite a few different products available through them. Um, you definitely want to go ahead and check them out at BeastCuriosities.com. But I specifically tried the beard oil. Um, I tried Hell's Respite. I tried Tears Loyalty. And I tried, give me one second, Yord's Wilderness. All of these were really great beard oils. They all had wonderful scents that lasted a long time and would stay with me throughout the whole day. They nourished my beard and kept it good. And they also made it that it felt nice and was good to smell. And other people around me liked it quite a bit. So when you actually get in their oils, they try really hard to produce an oil that does what it says it's going to do while nourishing your beard as well. They tried a few products so they got the great one together and they call it their magical beard oil i will tell you it is magical it smells great even after going to the pool with my wife for about three hours my beard still smelled great and felt great so with that said i'm going to tell you to go ahead and check them out again they're not only beard oil but beast curiosity is a place you want to go beastcuriosities.com you can also email him and check out his products at beast at beastcuriosities.com. They have a Twitter account at bscuriosities, and you can also find them on Facebook at facebook.com slash beastcuriosities. You definitely want to go out and get some of this if you have a beard. It is a wonderful product, something great to use. My wife and her friends all love this product quite a bit. So go ahead and get it if you get a chance, guys. It's a wonderful product. Thank you, guys, and have a great day. Hey, I'm back, guys. Thanks uh, thanks for joining me. So the last thing I want to say is it's real simple. It's, you know, getting in the heathenry wasn't that hard for me. It wasn't a, a great step, I don't want to say, but it was a great step. It was an incredible step for me. It helped me find what I was looking for. It helped me build the things that I want to build. And it's truly helped me in my life being a heathen. Um, to this day... I've gotten plenty of opportunity to leave the heathen faith, um, plenty of kudos for the things I do and so on and so forth. But those things are all made possible because of what I've learned as a heathen. Um, the idea of you being responsible for you, the actions you take are yours and yours alone. I can't blame somebody else for my actions. I can't blame I don't want to say this and sound rude, but, you know, I can't blame the devil for the way I act because we don't have a devil. There's no such thing. You know, the way I act is the way I act because that's how I act. I choose to do that. And, you know, in learning that, you learn, again, a lot more about yourself and you learn more about who you are as a person and where you fit in the world. You know, I, I enjoy going and being part of nature when I do some of my um, meditations because I feel like the energy that's around me that is ignored most of the time by people because, oh, trees can't have a soul and grass can't have a soul. I understand that, but they still have energy. They still grow. They still use that power. And you're able to take that power and make it part of yourself, and it makes you feel better. That's why people like walking barefoot in grass. That's why people enjoy being in the woods or in the water because those energies are absorbed by our body and make us feel better. And in heathenry, I have all of that and more. 
I enjoy listening to the people in my kindred when they build each other up at some bolts. I enjoy listening to when they care for one another. I enjoy a lot of things that happen in the kindred and it's nothing like going to a church. It's so much better for me um, to see it that way. And I really enjoy those things. So that was my path to heathenry. Um, it's not that great of a path. I mean, there's not a great, you know, light or anything like that, but there is some, some understanding, some moving forward and some, you know, getting to where you are. So today, if you're one of those people that are in that little place and you think, Oh, you know, I, I really want to be heathen, but I can't be heathen. You can get through what you're getting through right now. Learn what you need to learn there. You know, each of those steps that I took was a learning opportunity. Something else I figured out I wanted. Something else I figured out I needed. Something that added to the puzzle or a piece of the pie that made it to where I can be what I am today. I really enjoy being a Gothi. I love it. There's nothing better than it. Um, in all honesty, um, I enjoy heathenry with my family. And I really, really, really love... Um, doing the ceremonies. It's, it's incredible to me. So with that said, um, last person I'm going to promo for is Midgard Musings. He is actually on every few days, uh, every Sunday, I think he's live and he talks on a number of topics in heathenry. You definitely want to check him out. He's a great person, um, Jesse, and his place is called Midgard Musings. But with that said, find a place where you can get the information <clears throat> that you want. Even if you have to join one of those online groups and just ask, nobody should give you grief about asking. If they do, just ignore those and go on to the people that are actually answering your question. We all have hundreds of questions when we first begin heathenry. If you want, you can send them to me at modernheathenman at gmail.com, or you can send them right on here if you'd like, or on my Facebook, Modern Heathen Man. Uh, I have a Facebook page on there, so you can send the questions directly there, and I, I will do my best to answer them for you. But just know a lot of times that the answers are within yourself. You just have to search yourself. You have to search the gods. You have to search the ancestors to get the answers that you need. Most of the time, we know the answer. We just choose not to listen to ourselves because we don't want that answer, <laughs> a different one. So with that said, guys, I want to thank you all for joining on this great Thor dogger. Thor's dogger. And um, hail Thor today, and hail the gods for being there for us. Hail you, and hail one another for all the great things that you do. Um, as I said, I'm going to put this program on for Midgard Musings. And I want to thank you for joining me and tell you to have a great day. Hey guys, this is Joe at Modern Heathen Man. How are you all today? Hoping you're having a good and uh, great day. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys about this YouTube channel that I found called Midgard Musings. It's by a man named Jesse and it is incredible. He has new videos uploaded on the channel every Sunday night and he has a live Facebook stream every Sunday at 7 p.m. Um, Central Standard Time. Midgard Musings' goal is to help build heathen communities around the world with educational content and laid-back fun manner. He values the historical aspect of this path and uses it to help us grow and develop as heathens in modern times. So if you've been a heathen for a while or just brand new to it, definitely check it out. It's something worthwhile. If you'd like to support Midgard Musings by subscribing to youtube.com 
forward slash Midgard Musings, following on Facebook and purchasing merchandise from the Teespring and Redbubble stores. Redbubble, say that three times. All of which can be found on the YouTube channel video description. Midgard Musing also offers handmade driftwood rune sets for sale, and the purchase of these items help support the channel. Just to touch base on that a little bit, I actually own one of those rune sets. They're incredibly nice, good feel, wonderful stuff, good power within them. I'm telling you, worthwhile checking out. So please head on over to Midgard Musings, like and subscribe to the channel, and follow on Facebook and on YouTube at facebook.com slash midgardmusings and youtube.com slash midgardmusings. M-I-D-G-A-R-D-M-U-S-I-N-G-S will find you that Midgard Musings. Thanks, guys, and have a great day.